Excellent. Um, good stuff. So, um, shorter sermon this morning because we had notices. Um, um, we, uh, <laughs> I, I've just got some really exciting news for you this morning before we begin with. Uh, we've just discovered that we are an official Pokemon Go site for Pals Church. For those of you that don't know what Pokemon Go is, it's one of these apps on your phone and you have to pay to be an official site unless loads of people at certain times playing Pokemon Go all the time. Which suggests to me on a Sunday morning an awful lot of you are playing Pokemon Go in this building. More worryingly, we're also an official Harry Potter Wizarding World site as well. Yeah, um, We haven't paid for that either. Uh, so, you know what, we're reaching all corners of Barnsley now, quite literally. All communities in Barnsley have been reached, including the online gaming, um, app gaming crowd. Uh, weird. <laughs> Excellent. So tonight, this morning even, um, this is uh, Strong Six, Empowered, the part of this series. You'll be glad to know I'm getting towards the end of this as Christmas is approaching. Got a couple more in this series to do, so stick with me, bear with me. Um, so today we're going to be looking at living strong and being em- what being empowered means. What being empowered means, and uh, being empowered often is a case of letting go. And so to close the the sermon later, I'm going to talk about the things we've got to let go of in order to allow us to get hold of what God wants. And so I'm going to touch on some letting go stuff this morning. So I'm not going to be doing about Frozen, you'll be glad to know, because it's really annoying. But it just kind of worked for that um, picture. What we are going to be doing is, is just beginning to explore about being empowered. What is it to be empowered? It's um, a couple of slides here for you. When I grow up, when I grow up, I'm going to be. And this is a picture from a, a kid's book, and uh, the kid's face is a place in all sorts of different professions and things. I've got to say, I found it really difficult not to find a when I grow up, I want to be that wasn't sexist. Because quite literally, it, it, there were, oh, it was just very difficult not to find pictures that, that didn't imply um, gender, gender roles, gender stereotypes. Um, so I thought that one kind of fairly did it. But when I grew up, we all want to be things when we grow up. I, I've no doubt, uh, who, who has achieved the thing they wanted to be when they grew up? Like when you were 10 and you wanted to be something, put your hand up if you became that thing. Well, that's actually quite impressive. Some people, you know, three or four people, and I don't just mean being adults, because some of you have not achieved that yet. Age is no, has got nothing to do with being an adult. I, I wanted, I wanted to be uh, two things. I think I mentioned this before. I wanted to be an astronaut when I grew up. As yet, I have still not achieved that. But I also wanted to be a gorilla. Um, <laughs> I think fair to say, I am not achieving that either. <laughs> I very much want... Oh, no, 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 as in an ape gorilla. I don't mean a gorilla fighter. I mean, like, a gorilla ape. Yeah. I never achieved being a gorilla or an astronaut. Or, indeed, I never achieved being the first gorilla astronaut. Um, I must have been watching Planet of the Apes. That must have been what set me off. Yeah, that that would have been my childhood memory. It's common today to be told that you can do whatever you want to do. How many times have you heard a parent say, you can be whatever you want to be? You can do whatever you want to do. You can have whatever you want to have. Listen, for somebody that's taught and been around teachers, I have heard parents come into school and say, My little Freddie can do whatever he wants to do. And parents really mean it. 
And it's really difficult when a child grows up knowing they can do whatever they want to do, be whatever they want to be, have whatever they want to have. And I find this happens just around adults. People are really shocked when, oh, but I thought it would work. I thought I could have, I thought I could be, I thought I could do. And we think we're empowering our kids by telling them when they're small. And we say, we do it to adults too. If you really work for it, you can be anything you want to be. We're the best one in the world. I cannot be an astronaut. But we think we're empowering people. We think we're empowering people. And we need to learn sometimes that we can't always say to people, yes, you can do it. Because when we say to people, yes, you can do it, it doesn't always turn out well. The other Sunday night, Colin announced that he wanted to be the leader of our worship team and to be a singer and a musician. If any of you have stood next to Colin, you'll understand why I say this in all generosity. Mate, you can't have everything you want, be everything you want to be, or grow up and do all the things you think. It's just not going to happen. I know all things are possible in God, but some things are not. In the same way, they sacked me as music group leader. I, I, I feel your pain, brother. I feel your pain. You know, the truth is, we can't all be the same things. We can't all do anything and be everything. And, and when we wrestle and bring that into our church life, that can be a real chore. It can be a real battle. You know, what we need to get hold of in church is that as a Christian, as part of God's body, it's not about being or doing or having. It's not about recognition it's, it's not about I've got permission I can do what I want you know I've now got freedom in Christ and freedom means I can do anything that's not what it's about we can become the person God calls us to be redeemed renewed released recreated restored and uniquely called as part of the body of Christ that's what we can be we don't become somebody we become someone living for the sake of others scripture says we die to ourselves and that's a powerful statement, isn't it? Because it's the complete flip of, of everything that we so often tell ourselves living in, in this part of the world. Living in this part of the world, we, we actually say, you know, if I work hard enough, I can do. If I work hard enough, I can be. If I work hard enough, I can get. I can, I can, I can. In God's economy, that is flipped. We die to self. We're not aiming to become somebody. Our call is to aim to be someone living for the sake of others. It's a completely different take on life. And I believe that's where empowerment is found. And we want to be a, an empowered church, a church that empowers and releases people. We've got, we've got this phrase we've kind of written as one of our values, Hope House Church values teachable people. Not just those who attend, but those who wish to learn and be discipled and apprenticed. We're passionately committed to learning and growing in our values and identity so that we can lay a foundation for others to build on and extend into the future. See, it's all about dying to self to release others. That's what we're about as a church. That's, that's what matters to us. Let's have a look at these, these verses. I've used these a lot recently. They're important. And it's the last sentence I really want to get hold of here, but I'm going to read the whole uh, two or three verses. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is the fullness of Christ who took the very role of a servant. 
and served us into the point of death. Now, you can be what you want to be if you work hard enough. You can tell yourself you can do all you want to do. You can have all you want to have. But in the God economy, in Christ's economy, we die to ourselves. And our aim is to live for others. We become someone, not somebody. So, um, let's press into this. This is so close. What I'm talking about today in Bamford is so close to unity, but it is a different perspective. It's like looking at unity, in a sense, from the other side of the street, empowering and releasing people. One of the values Hope House carries is that people are not a means of getting ministry done, getting things done. People are the ministry. We're about people. We're not just about doing things. We're about being God's people. That's, that's our ministry. Those who serve are not there to make the church successful, but so the church can help others to grow and to move forward and together make Jesus famous in Barnsley. That's what we're about. That's our heart. Growing people typically have growing ministries. And so growing numbers is the byproduct of healthy church and healthy relationships. And, I want to, and that, sorry, I'm just going to have to stop for a moment. Someone's got to have to shave on it, and it's driving my nose bonkers. I can't, have you got a tissue, Joel? I'm just going to have a, a blow my nose. Wow. I, I have very extreme allergic reactions to things. I mean, I really do, a lot, except for peanuts and things. Anything that scents and stuff particularly. And somebody's got aftershave and I can physically smell from here. And it is killing me. I don't know where it came from. It's, and, and I can't blame Mikey because he's, he's sat too far away. So, I mean, ordinarily I would do. Oh, you always smell very nice, Mikey. Growing people typically have growing ministries, and so growing numbers is a byproduct. It just is. That's the nature of a healthy church. Health grows. And we want to be a healthy church that empowers people and sees ministries and opportunities released, people empowered. But we want them to be empowered to be all that God has called them to be, not all that they fancy doing. That is a different thing. I fancy being legal. I want to do that thing. That, that you do with your electric guitar when you do that. But you stand there and you go, <laughs> when I do it, I want to go, I want to give it that one because that's how you do it properly. You're too static, mate. You've really got to go for it. You've got to shake your hair. You've got to kick your legs. You've got to drop into the splits and all that kind of thing. I, I, I was a child. I was a little boy in the 70s and I remember just watching a bit of glam rock and they used to leap about. And just, why not? I can just see you dropping into the splits neck. I can't see you getting back up again, but I can see you dropping. <laughs> Empowering people is, in fact, discipling and apprenticing people and preparing them for the future in Christ. Hope Us Church, you know, we talk about this, we pray about this, and we're only going to reach a small number of people directly as a church. We're only as a church going to be spotted by someone. Even with a building like this, you know, with massive banners on the side, people sometimes say, oh, well, where's that then? And I'll say, do you, do you shop at Morrison's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, straight up at Morrison's is a huge white building with our name written on it. Really? I just like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to change the name of the church to McDonald's Hope or some McDonald's Church here. That's... 
But what we do know is that a building will only attract so many people. But we're not about a building here to attract and impress. This is not what we're about. We're about people. We know that people are much more open to their friends who they trust than they are going to ever walk into a building that, that looks impressive. And, and frankly, the side of our building does not look impressive. So we're dependent upon us as a congregation, talking to our friends, sharing who we are in God. That's what we're about. That's why we genuinely want to empower Hope House people to reach out and communicate the good news to their contacts, their friends, their family, to kind of the identity of Christ that they have. And it's expressed through their belonging to this church. And from that, empowered and released, filled with the Holy Spirit, stirred up, built up with all the gifts of the Spirit and there to, to enable us, to make us who we're, we're called to be, till every ligament and joint fits and works. Those are the people we want to send out into the workplace, send out into the streets, send out into the market, to, to have a conversation, to talk to people about who Jesus is. That's the influence we can have. So that's why we're a people organization. We've got to be a people organization. I never understand any organization that isn't about people. We can't be about a product or a building or a location. We are simply about releasing people in Christ. That's what we do. We don't do religious. We try to do real living with Christ at the heart of it. So here's, here's what I'd say. Just look at the, You might want to turn me off a second. I've never felt more engaged with Neil than I do right now. The church is the people. And what people think of Hope House Church and Jesus himself will be influenced by what the people of our church do. How they live outside of the church gathering. Church, Hope House Church, is not how good the sermon is. It's not how good the worship might be. It's not the prayer meetings. It's not how good the coffee is. It's none of those things. It's how you live beyond these walls. That's what people see of the church. And how you live beyond these four walls is not only how they see Hope House Church, it's how they perceive Jesus to be. Do you understand the enormity of that? Which is why we say people in our ministry, we want to invest in people and build people and release people. That's why we emphasize character uh, above anything else. It's not, you know, you can be the most gifted person in the world, but if the character isn't representing Christ, then we've got a challenge. You know, we want to be those people that send out people that look like Christ. And I know we're all on a journey with that. We're in different places with that. But even if you're a brand new Christian and wrestling with it and trying to understand it, you can actually begin to talk about who Jesus is. You can actually begin to say, well, this is what he's doing in my life. This is what's happened. You know, the alpha people can start saying, I've discovered, I've discovered this aspect of God called the Holy Spirit. And I'm trying to work through that and understand that and hold that. That is so precious. You know, I really believe a strong sense of belonging and identity means all the activities of life beyond the church, all the things we do because we're part of a church, doesn't mean the church is in competition with our lives. At its best, it means we're preparing you to go and live your life. So, you know, we never want to be people saying, no, you can't do this, you can't do it, you can't go to work, you can't have a hobby, you can't spend time with your neighbours, you can't have this interest, because you've got to come to church and you've got to do these things, you know. Commitment to church is critically important. It's where we grow. It's our family. It's what we're about. But we also have to reach out and connect with people around us. That's what we do. We gather as a family for a purpose. We gather as a family to build one up, to empower us, to send us out. 
That's what we're about, to be the person that God has called us to be. And God has called me to be somebody different to the one he's called you to be. But what I do know is we complement each other in God's kingdom. And that matters. That matters. Hope our church wants to empower others to tell the story. We want to empower you to tell your story. I can't tell your story, but you can. And that doesn't mean say your life is perfect. But what it does mean is this, is this is the journey I'm on with Jesus. This is my journey with Jesus. Only you can tell that story. But part of your story mean, mean it must be, and he has made me a part of his family, part of his kingdom. I belong there. I am a citizen of his kingdom. That, that's, that's what I'm about. So we don't fall into despair in the way the world might fall into despair in situations because we look to something bigger. And we carry that something bigger within us as what we are. And that should empower us. Up our church wants to empower us to tell our stories, to share them, to celebrate them, to inspire other people to come and ask, well, who is Jesus? Because that's what's so, you know, talk about empowerment, that is so special. When somebody will come up to you because of who you are and say to you, who's Jesus? Tell me about your church. Tell me why you do this. Explain to me what this is about. Because when we actually have a relationship with Jesus and a relationship with his people, his family, something does shift. Now, there's nothing I enjoy more on a Sunday morning than, you you have blessed me so much these last few months. When you say things to me like, yeah, but I met these Christians, and they weren't just Christians, they're like, they were proper Christians. And because they were proper Christians, it's done this to me. And because of this, I'll tell everybody. And so even when I'm at his car wash, he said to people, you need to know about Jesus. I love that. Because he met somebody that got hold of, not that they were Christians, but they were proper Christians. They were living not just believing and knowing something, they were living something. And because they were living something, it inspired this guy to say, I kind of want to know more about this Jesus. Wow. In 1 Peter 2, chapter 4 to 6, it says this, As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Wow. You know, I read a verse like that. Oh, I can take that off, I think, now. Sorry. Ooh, no, I can't. Um, I read verses like that, and all I hear is permission to be, permission to be, to be someone in Christ's economy, permission to grow, permission to change, permission to let go of all the stuff that has held me back and held me down and get hold of all the stuff that God has for me. And listen, that's important, to get hold of all the stuff that God has for me. Not all the stuff I fancy doing or want to taste or want to try. I want to put my toe into the water. No, I don't just mean like randomly experiment. But to become the person that God has called me to be. You're part of his holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices. You know, ultimately the greatest sacrifice I can give God is myself. That's my living sacrifice. Lord, this is, this is me. This is what I am. And there is something incredibly empowering because the minute we begin to do that, we become that royal priest and we become acceptable and, and held by God and released by God and there's a new kind of empowerment comes without the restriction, without the weights, without, you know, 
you run with weight and it holds you back, it tires you out. You let go of that stuff and you are stronger. It means strong living. It means you can be empowered. So what does that look like? I want to look at some letting go things. And the first thing I want to do is let go of small church thinking. So this is how this empowerment will work out in reality. So five things for you. Or if you're taking notes, there are going to be five things, some little bits underneath. Is that okay? So that, that first bit was my introduction, but the body is short. Is that all right? So number one, let go of small church thinking. Every time there is a change, there's potential to gain and potential to lose. Right now, we're in the middle of an election. And it seems to me that all we're hearing is, oh, we could gain this, we could lose that. If you vote this way, you'll lose that. If you vote my way, you'll gain this. And it's all this kind of balance of profit or loss that's going off around us. That is, and I'm, that is not part of political part. I'm not going to display my politics because I haven't got any. Um, I, don't, I don't lean in any particular direction. It's immaterial. Every party, every side, every organisation is saying... Vote for me and gain. Vote for them and lose. Everybody's doing that. And the bottom line is that my experience has demonstrated whoever you vote for, you're probably going to lose something. And somebody else, it feels like, will gain something. You know what? I I, I love it and I study it and and I watch it and I try to learn all about it. But what what I know is I'm glad I'm part of the kingdom of God. That my hope is set in him. We're dealing with God's people and not a political position. So here are two truths. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. There's a security and an empowerment in knowing that our God has won, that our God is King of Kings. There's a release in that. Matthew 16, verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Jesus will build his church. And no matter what it faces, no matter what happens, he will win. He will build his church. It will not fall. He's the builder. He's the master builder. You know, how many times as I've grown up, I have grown up in an era through the late 20th century where all I heard was that the church would be gone within 30 or 40 years. There would be no church. All I heard was that there was no church in China. And now here there's no church in the Middle East. But then we discover, despite the ongoing persecution in China, there's a rapidly growing church still in China. For all the buildings are demolished, their buildings, the church, the people are growing. And then you look at the turmoil of Iran at the moment and what's happening there. And I'm not making, I'm not being anti-Iran or pro-Iran. I'm simply saying to you what, what we know is, what we have personal knowledge and friends have, is that there's a breakout. People are being saved across Iran. People are coming to faith. You know, that's not about being anti-this, anti-that, anti-the other. It's about being pro-Jesus. We love Jesus. And it thrills me when the king, increase of his kingdom continues. And that's not to see anybody done down. That's to bring freedom and release and renewal and reconciliation. That's the value of the kingdom of God. And, you know, that's who we are. As despairing or cynical as some might be sometimes, and understandably, when they look at some of the stuff the church does, the truth is he's building his church. And it will be a beautiful bride when he returns for it.
Scripture tells me that's the truth and I believe it. And I can survey our mistakes. I can look at the culture within our church. I can look at the culture around us in Barnsley and across this town. I can see some of the, the challenges in the street and the people that set themselves up to resolve it or solve it and, you know, all strength for them. But, you know, what I know is that the only answer is the released people of God, is the empowered, released, Holy Spirit-filled individuals that gather together and are sent out. His people, his church, ultimately has an eternal truth and an eternal answer. And I want to get hold of that. So we've got to stop thinking small church. I love the coziness of church. I love the intimacy of church, which is why we do small groups midweek, so we can gather and get to know personally and up close. But you know what? I love big church. Because big church has influence, it can release resource, it can train better, it can find greater gifting spread across the body. It's a place to grow character, to protect people, to release people, to build them up and to send them out. So I love that. I'm never going to ask you know, make an apology for believing in big church. And I don't think we're a big church yet, but I'm believing for it. I'm actually believing for it. You know, big church in Barnsley, we're a, growing, we're a growing population in Barnsley, so we need to be a growing church to reach a growing people. And we need to get hold of all that God has for us. We don't get it right all the time. But what I do know is, Christ has an incredible way of pulling together Christians in every generation and reaching a broken world. And I can't believe that I'm living in a generation or seeing a generation emerge where Jesus is going to fail. I can't believe it. Because of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. And he will build his church. And so I am excited that I will be part of a generation that sees God influencing his kingdom beginning to come in this town. But I'm excited that our youth are next door, a handful of them, and downstairs are our kids, and God will raise a generation up that reaches further. And that really excites me. You know, the kids that, that chase and go out and we do the countdown because we want them to feel special. Not because we say to them, you can be anything you want to be, but we can say to them, in God, he can do anything with you. All things are possible. And that's the generation we want to engage. So let go of small church thinking. I'll move on. Let go of the method, not the mission. Um, connected with the last point, this is an empowered and growing church, will own its mission in Christ more than its method of delivery. Okay, we don't get precious about how we do church. Oh, you've got to do so many songs that last that stony silence. You, you, you do so many songs and you repeat the chorus three times and if you do a little jig and shake your right leg, the Holy Spirit will come. That's not how it works. There is no precious system to doing. That is a method. The mission is Jesus and the good news. Reaching into all the world. That's what we're about. You know, if we let the method rule us then we become substance. You know, we, we, we become style over substance. And we want to be substance that is more important than style. And it, it's a challenge, isn't it? Because who likes loud dancing music? Raise your hand now. Who likes reflective music? Ah. Yeah, some people like reflective. Who likes music? I'm worried because some of you didn't put your hands up. Yeah, I'm really kind of like, who likes a really good long sermon? 
Who doesn't? You just don't say anything, do you? <laughs> Look, what we've got to understand is, is that how we do church is going to change. You've got to understand there was a time when a church like ours was deemed to be radical. 200 years ago, 300, 400 years ago, there were a church like ours that would have burnt me. They would have literally burnt me. And then 20 years ago, we were radical. And now we're just like, church. Seriously. You know, there, are, there are some organizations called church that, that have this strange title, denominational churches. They thought we were weird. You know what's really worrying? Some of them are better at being weird now than we are. <laughs> that really worries me. Because when I say weird, what I mean is the freedom of the Holy Spirit, which is not weird at all. It's who we're meant to be. So there needs to be freedom and a release and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Church, we've got to get hold of this. We've got to get all the truth of that. It's no good just intellectually knowing it, preaching it, having it in our small groups, talking about the, the intellectual awareness of it. It has to be a living reality. Growing and empowering disciples, apprentice Christians, is the difference between clinging to the mission and trying to feel good and look good. We want to release people into all that God has. Here's an interesting thing. You've probably heard this before, but here's an interesting reality. When the car was invented, it took over really quickly. If you were a cart manufacturer, you were likely to be unemployed very quickly. Horse and cart manufacturers went bankrupt really quickly. But do you know what stayed the same? People kept moving about. People still wanted transport. The method changed. The mission continued. Suddenly, average people could travel where they'd never been before because the method had changed. But the mission to go was the same. The mission is travel. The method is a cart or a car or a bike or a jet or a motorcycle. Look at the changes in the music industry. Oh my days. Once upon a time, they used to sell sheet music. Has anybody ever bought sheet music? I don't mean downloaded it. I mean gone into shop and bought a piece of sheet music. Wow. Wow. I didn't know we got so many people of that age. In, <laughs> And then they moved on to wax cylinders. Anybody been in bought a wax cylinder? And from wax cylinders to eight-track recorders. Does anybody remember eight-track recorders? I've heard of them. I've never used them. Has anybody ever owned an eight-track recorder? I saw you going, oh, no, I've got one of those. I've still got one. <laughs> an eight-track recorder. And then we went on to cassettes and vinyl. I'm loving that cassettes and vinyl are now so retro, they're cool again, and people are buying it. Cassettes are coming back. Yes. What is that about? Young people, you will discover that pencils are really useful with cassettes. And when we say rewind... <laughs> but we move from vinyl and cassettes to CDs, and from CDs to MP3s, and now I discover my MP3s are old-fashioned, and nobody wants to store them. I've got to stream my music. Companies that showed innovation grew. Apple, Samsung, people like that. Kodak didn't. They hung on to method. Church, we've got to be people that are moving with what God is doing. We've got to keep up with what God is saying. We've not got to come to a point where we say, oh, we do it like this because God showed us it was like this because God is a God of new things. 
See, I'm doing a new thing. There's a new song. God is on a mission, and the method might evolve and grow and change to connect with the generation of people around us, but the truth of the, the mission is Jesus Christ. That will never change and must never change and can never be compromised in any way. The third thing we're going to let go of is an independent attitude. There is no way you can disciple, you, you can do discipleship and the Jesus life in isolation. You've got to be part of something. You've got to be part of church. So the only place you can be empowered and released to be all that God has for you to be is within the body of Christ. Let me read you this ver- these verses from Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, so we're no longer cut off from Father God, we have access to him. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us, that's Jesus, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, let it go. And having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approach, and we've got to encourage one another. If people are not amongst us, pray for them. Because they need to be in the body of Christ. You imagine if one of your children was missing. You want them back in the family. We have to be in the family. It's the only place. You, you can't take a break till you're better. It doesn't work that way. While some will leave, it does not change the fact that the church is always gathered because the church is a community. It is a family of God. It is there to be loved. It's where we learn to love, to serve, to grow, to build. And from there we are sent to go. The gathered body is empowered to release and influence all that God has promised. All the promises of God are held within us and can be released. What we can do gathered together far surpasses what we can do alone. Fourth thing, let go of getting a ministry. Let go of getting a ministry. Own that it's, it's giving, not getting, that empowers people. Nothing is going to, ch- going to change us more than owning that we are here to produce, not consume. I'm not in this to get a ministry. I'm not in this to get a title. I'm not in this to get recognition. You know, Jesus didn't consider himself in competition with God. He didn't strive, but hold that he, he just served. He laid it down. He took on the very nature of a servant. We see that. That's the character we're encouraged to have. That's the mindset we're encouraged to have. We've got to let go of getting a ministry. We don't get our identity in a ministry. Our only identity, our only release is in belonging to Christ. It's exactly what the Bible says when it says we must die to ourselves. We die to ourselves. As the church is restored and repents, a more authentic, more selfless church can emerge. A church empowered to reach the lost, connecting in real life. And that means internally too. We can live real lives in the body of Christ. You know, my real life is not me walking. I don't need to dress up uh, to prove I am somebody in God. I don't need to wear a particular set of clothing. I don't need to use a particular set of words. I don't need Neil to bring me a cup of coffee straight after the service simply because I'm the pastor of the church. I, I don't need, I mean, if he does, it's nice. 
but it's kind of not a compulsory thing. You don't expect that. So we are, we're, we're, we're not doing it so people can go, oh, oh, there goes Brian. Oh, he's a great man of God. Whoever Brian is. We don't do any of that stuff. What we do is we want to point to Christ. So if you have a ministry and role, your ministry and role in the church needs to point to Christ. So as you welcome people at the door, you are there to be Christ, to point at Christ. If you're serving coffee, you're there to point at Christ. If you're speaking at the front, oh, the platform, you're there to point at Christ. Not at yourself. It's not about me feeling good. It's about people seeing Jesus. We still have to make plans, talk about music, gathering times. We still have to have leadership. We still have to have some distinctions that clearly you can see make us hope house and not another church. Another part, you know, there's something that says we're the, the, the left little finger of the body of Christ and we're not the right little finger of the body of Christ. You know, that's our part in the body of Christ. That's the bit we are. We're not a lung or a heart. You know, we're the bit that we are called to be in God. But we are focused on Christ, not on getting a job, not on getting a title, not on getting a ministry. Focused on service, on serving. When you're no longer focused on yourself and your viewpoint, then the new vision will rise up and there will be Holy Spirit empowerment to authentic Christian living. Only as we focus on Jesus will we really see the Holy Spirit giving freedom amongst us and in our individual lives. When it ceases to be about me and becomes about him, then we begin to live. It's kind of outward focus that drove the rapid expansion of the early church. The early church was so excited about who Jesus was. They just lived it and talked it and breathed it and were Holy Spirit empowered by it. And people connected to it. I believe we can be that people. The methods, what the church looks like may change. The mission will not. You may get a ministry, but that's not why you live. You live for Christ. So the fifth and final thing, let go of competing. Let go of competing. Own that the church needs to become less intensive it's to grow. You know what? This is not a competition. I have no doubt, that if this is connected to the last one, that some of you could do some of the jobs around this place better than they're currently being done. Put your hand up if you think that's true. Two hands went up. <laughs> wow. Um, but the truth is, quietly, we all think we could do some of the jobs better. There'll be people sat out there now saying, if they'd only give me the microphone, I could preach. You probably could. You probably could. And I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if some of you were way better than I am. But here's the deal. It's my job right now. That's currently my ministry. Not because I'm more important or better. It's just currently that is my call. So we're not in competition. We're in service together. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Not joy of the title, not joy of the opportunity, not joy of the name, not joy of recognition. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We're called to connect to lives and not compete for them. We often build in a way that people think they will only find fulfillment in their purpose by doing more in the church. Here's a little truth I want to just, this is just what I'm thinking right now. Our purpose is found outside the church carrying the mission. Our fulfillment is found inside the church, the relationship with Christ and his people is we're built up and sent out and powered. We find fulfillment in this place in our identity who we are. Our purpose is met as we go out. So it doesn't matter what your title is internally. It doesn't make you more important. It doesn't make you special. It makes you a servant of Christ. It means you've got to carry the attitude of Christ. Is this all right? 
you've gone right quiet. And Neil's been really enthusiastic, which means I'm either right or he's nervous. It can mean correct or nervousness. The challenge, of course, is that church can easily end up burning people out. Have you ever been burnt out by a church? Me, never. I've never been out eight nights a week. It's never happened to me. The truth is we love it so much and we want to see stuff happen so much, we invest so much, you can wind up burning out. Church, we're not the people that burn out. I'm not saying just all take a holiday. If you all take a holiday right now, the church stops. Don't take a holiday right now. I mean, just like, don't stop. But our motivation has got to be about serving. And we've got to find joy. We've got to find strength of the Lord. That to be our joy. We're not just doing for the sake of doing. We're not just building a company here. We're serving family. And we're serving family and encouraging so it can reach out and grow the family. Um, in some cases, people end up with no life except church. Has that ever happened to you? You suddenly realize you don't know anybody but church people. And it's kind of nice in one way, that. It's a kind of really safe place to be, and it's really good. But actually, we're meant to be out there. And, and so sometimes we have to consciously shuffle and change how we manage that. Now, what I'm not saying to you is, therefore, stop it in any church the next month so you can get to know people outside. No, you've got to be in church. I, I think I've emphasized the importance of being in church enough to now be able to say to you, here's your light bulb moment. You've got to know and have time with non-Christian people. Your colleagues at work really matter. They really matter. God loves them. I, I'm determined that one day we get a connect group that meets in Costa not because we're just happening to meet there, but because finally, once and for all, the Costa staff believe me and they get saved. Yeah, or one or two of them do. Because uh, I love them. I've, I've, like, I've, I've got so I'm attached to them. I'm, I'm genuinely attached. They're, they're like, they really matter to me because they're good, they're good people. They're nice people. They just don't know Jesus yet. I don't want them to discover all there is and let go of all of that stuff uh, and just discover, wow, this is what life could be. I don't want to bang, bang onto them about religion. I want to be an expression of family and relationship. I want to be something worth holding, not religious, but real, real living. So get to know people. You know, church that focuses its energy on the few things the church can uniquely do best will emerge. So we need to know what we are as a church. So we're not doing all, well, here's the, here's the deal. I mean, you've heard me say it so many times. We're not godly people doing good things. We are God's people fulfilling God's call massively different there is no shortage of good things out there that good people can do and there are good people that don't know Jesus doing them and you know there are so many good things need doing there aren't enough people in this room to do them all so we need other churches and other people and good people to be doing them but what we can uniquely do as God's people is fulfill God's call so we need to know God's call in our, in, on our lives the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians I really am really going to finish this now 1 Corinthians 2.10 <gasps> sorry the 35 minutes is supposed to be this. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. If the band come back, it'll speed me up. The Spirit researches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. One Corinthians, that's in 1 Corinthians 2. It's there. I like that about the Holy Spirit. He goes where I can't go. He comprehends things I can't comprehend. It does things I can't do. But when it comes to things I need to do, he equips me to do them. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He goes where I can't go. Comprehends things I can't comprehend. He does things I can't do. But when he comes 
to the things I need to do. He equips me to do them. He empowers me and releases me. The Holy Spirit's empowerment can be a surprise. It can be a surprise. And that's a reminder that it's not all about our management and our leadership and our expectations. It's not all about me. It's not all about you. It's all about him. And that's why we can still be surprised by him. We need more of the Holy Spirit to empower us. We need to release those gifts I mentioned at the beginning. Apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists. All this stuff needs to be released. When he calls to your mind just the right verse to help you withstand temptation or to motivate you, that's the Holy Spirit empowering you. When you're struggling against sin and a verse comes into your heart, that's the Holy Spirit empowering you. When you're trying to share your faith and you're struggling, but suddenly some inspirational phrase or word or thought or verse comes to you, that's the Holy Spirit empowering you to be his witness. It's not your doing, it's his. And that's the people we need to be. When you're praying for somebody and laying hands on them and just standing with them to encourage them and you're praying and suddenly you find the things that you're saying are touching their lives and relevant, that's not you, that's the Holy Spirit. And so our call is to be free and open to the Holy Spirit, to allow him to flow through us and to work with us, to grow us, to develop us, to give us a heart that is able to do that. It's a mystery, but it's real. A combination of God's Word and the Holy Spirit. It's not something to be logically figured out. It is a gift to know, to accept, to embrace. It's a place of real empowerment is the release of the Holy Spirit amongst us. To be a child of God is what we're called to be. So I think that's the tune we're playing actually behind me. Called to be a child of God. And a child of God is called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So they're going to sing this song. And I want you to think about your situation, your circumstance, your thinking, your living, your doing beyond these walls, within these walls, as we meet together, as we sent out, as we leave this place, as we connect with other people, and know that we are called to be children of the living God, filled with His Holy Spirit, empowered, released, preparing for others, serving others, letting go of small church thinking, letting go of the method but not the mission letting go of independent attitude letting go of getting a ministry letting go of competing and embracing all that God has let go of that stuff so our hands are free to embrace who we are in God children of God so I'm going to ask that we stand together for a moment I'm going to pray for us and we're going to sing this song might be that you're saying you know I, I want to recapture that just just in a sense prophetic in a way in a way of your declaration you are free to come and stand at the front and say I want to proclaim that I need to let go of some stuff in order to embrace some of the things of God I want to let go of my way of doing it to embrace the Holy Spirit way of empowering me I want to, I want to let go of the competition to embrace the freedom of belonging And if that's you, then feel free to come and stand here. Maybe one of our leaders will come, one of our connected group leaders or church leaders will come and pray with you, just lay hands on you, encourage you. That's fine. But right now, let's close our time together by singing this. So Holy Spirit, we want to pray now that you'll be touching hearts. Lord, we believe that we can be all that you've called us to be. But we want that to be who you have called us to be. Not what we want, not what we fancy. 
Lord, I know this has been a long time, but Lord, we want to pray now that Holy Spirit, you would touch hearts. You bring us into a new place. You would empower us. You would help us to live strong for you, filled with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, we pray. Stand with us. Release us. Lord, welcome us into your family and enable us to be that genuinely holy priesthood, bringing our true sacrifices of who we are to you. Lord, would you bless us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together. If you want to come and stand up front, somebody will come and pray with you and stand with you and release to you, I believe, all that God has for you this morning. To love.